With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Basketball season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have, so go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Danny Mitz. Today we are previewing the women's side of the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks did make it and are facing off in the 8-9 game for the right to face the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, the opponent they have, though, in the first round is none other than the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Um, to help me preview them, because I'm going to be honest, I don't know very much about the women's team for Georgia Tech. Uh, it is... Jake Grant, he is a writer over at From the Rumble Seat, the SB Nation site that covers the Yellow Jackets and also the podcast Science of the Southland. Jake, how are you doing today? Doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Look, this is um, a unique occurrence for me. I have yet to actually be covering the Jayhawks when they actually went to the NCAA tournament on the women's side. Actually, I got into writing because I was over at Rock Chalk Talk over, over on Vox as well, um, and I started... Like the very first thing I ever wrote, I wrote a fan post for the women's tournament the last time that the Jayhawks went to the NCAA tournament because nobody was covering it. Nobody was talking about it. I was like, look, you're not going to put a game thread up. I'm going to do something at least. And so I remember spending a good, (laughs) a good couple of hours watching that run that they had in that game and posting about it on a fan post. Man, that's a deep cut. Um, so Jake. Talking about women's basketball, because I'm going to be honest, I, I have not followed it nearly as much as I would like to coming into this year, but the, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, how, how good of a team do they typically have in women's basketball? So it, it's really funny you mentioned that, right? Uh, because I, I think we actually got our start writing in, in a very similar way. I uh, saw a need. Uh, our Georgia Tech women's team, my, my freshman year of college, um, 
took the uh, Michigan Wolverines uh, to triple overtime in the women's NIT championship. Um, and I was like, there hasn't been anything on this site. Like usually they're super active about football. They're talking about baseball even. Um, but uh, I, I'm a swimmer by trade and, and uh, you know, women's basketball was really good. Women's tennis was great. And I, I dove in, um, but it, it, you know, really I, I signed up for, not a futile task, but at least a little bit of a fruitless one. Cause of course uh, they turned around the next year uh, and, and were promptly ushered out of like, I think the second round of the WNIT by, uh, by Alabama. However, um, there, there was a bit uh, of a scandal the year after that. Uh, we don't have to unbox too much of that. Like I said, I, I didn't really know what I was signing myself up for, but uh, <laughs> coming into 2019, 2020, new coach, Nell Fortner, who's uh, a, an Olympic gold medal winner. She coached previously at Auburn and Purdue before uh, doing a time as an analyst uh, on ESPN. I didn't quite do the full Mac Brown uh, to, you know, related to football or, or bas- men's basketball, something uh, tying it back in. But uh, she did come back to Georgia Tech. Uh, we had not seen her around before, but uh, she kind of immediately took the parts that were there, uh, the players. Um, that previous tenure had uh, recruited and uh, despite losing the uh, ACC freshman of the year uh, and another freshman who had been a, a reliable starter and a great contributor uh, immediately to conference power Louisville uh, was able to basically get tech back in the tournament picture comfortably for the first time in, in, I think it was at the time eight years. Cause the last time they had made it uh, was uh, that, that 2012, 13, 14, they were, you know, big, big bubble. It, it wasn't, wasn't nearly as good as the past two years have been. Uh, but of course, we immediately had a pandemic. They bounced back last year, uh, first bid in, in nine years. And then and then this year peaked at 11. So definitely been a kind of steady rise. Uh, and it's been fun to watch them grow. Uh, but, but Georgia Tech probably came into this year riding a lot of expectations off of the Sweet 16. And for, for a lot of the season, they, they did deliver. Um, uh, they've, been, they've been pretty good. Uh, it's felt like a build, felt like good culture around the program. But um, in terms of, I guess, is this a, a good to great Georgia Tech team? It's definitely up there. Like, we're, we're not a traditional ACC power in women's basketball. Uh, haven't uh, gotten any conference titles or anything like that. But uh, we're, we're kind of at the, I guess, the, the peak of our historic range. I, I think Nell Fortner does have the ability to push that, though. But we can get into that as we talk about them more. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I think it's fair to say that they are – very clearly on the upswing. The question is how much further up they have to go. Um, yes. But I, I mean, I, I think that's eerily similar to the Jayhawks because the Jayhawks are definitely on, um, you know, the, the the midst of the best season they have had in a really long time. You know, the last time that they made the the NCAA tournament was the 2013 season um, mm-hmm. as well. So, like, it's it was a long, long time ago. Um, Brandon Schneider, you know, his uh, this is his first NCAA tournament. They were supposed to make the women's NIT two years ago. And then, of course, it all got canceled with the pandemic. Um, yeah. And then last year, they had, I think, four different players that opted out because of COVID and then a couple other players. So, like, that had to play out of position. Um, Kansas was picked last in the Big 12 this year coming into the year. And yet we're able to finish fifth, um, you know, just like two games. I, th- I think it was two games out of the lead in the conference. They they actually had a shot. Um, they were one of three teams that had a legitimate shot of actually winning the co- the regular season conference title going into the last two weeks, and then unfortunately were facing the other you know top four teams in the conference that that they, that they finished behind all of them. So um, I, I, kind of the I way was it works. Say, look, looking at your guys' schedule to, to close the year, it, it seemed like you guys kind of got the gauntlet in terms of uh, oh yeah, you know, for sure. basically I think it was four out of four games were were teams that were were ranked to close to close the year, but um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, I, I can relate to that. Right. I, I think, I think, you know, the, the upswing is kind of where you want to be. Um, and, and I think, I mean, at least speaking from my experience, the danger is not letting yourself, I think, get, get, get jaded on the way up and just being able to experience the, the, the fun for the experience. Right. Cause as I see it, Georgia Tech's had quite a fun year, even if the last probably three, four weeks to a month have just been uh, a little bit tougher uh, relative to the just tremendous start the Jackets had to, to start the year. Yeah, that, that sound, again, that sounds vaguely familiar, or I'm sorry, very, very familiar with the way that the Jayhawks season went, um, you know, a, a rough last few weeks, but definitely something that you want to to build on. And, you know, it, it sounds like Georgia Tech is, is kind of built to build into the next season and get better next year based off of the back of this one, potentially. I know that that's where the Jayhawks are looking with all the people that they have coming back, but I do want to dive into Georgia tech specifically, like looking at the roster, because, you know, this is definitely a team that I have, I have no frame of reference for, you know, normally I would go over to like ESPN and look at like all the stats and look at their re or their preview and all that stuff. And I realized pretty quickly in the season that the, ESPN previews are trash. <laughs> like it's literally just, Oh, they are. Here's a whole bunch of stats that probably actually aren't up to date. They're probably missing the last two or three games, but uh, have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to find context for those too. Yeah. Um, especially uh, for, for a team, Georgia tech being a team that was uh, defensively extremely efficient all the way through the beginning of February. Um, they were the, the number one scoring defense in the country. Uh, this was a team that brutalized people uh, on the boards in the paint, getting rebounds, uh, forcing turnovers, committing a lot of turnovers ourselves too. Don't get me wrong there. Um, but that also meant that that offensive output, like the, the numbers aren't, aren't lighting up the scoreboard uh, on the offensive end. These debates. Sorry about that. I was trying to get to the bracket and I accidentally pulled up an ad. So <laughs> That, anyway, <laughs> I do that all the time too. <laughs> yeah. I did not mean to but, derail your answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, in terms of uh, stats, it's just important to have context and uh, with, with the defensive merits of tech uh, winning games that are low scoring defensive uh, slug fests, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of methodical basketball. Uh, that's, uh, that's kind of how tech's MO, right? So you might see that and go, wow, it didn't not necessarily lighten the, 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 the you know, points and, and re I guess rebounds are good, but you know, points assists those, those, uh, I guess, uh, more flashy statistics. You might, right. none of those might jump out, but, uh, in Lorella Kubai, you have a fifth year, uh, who took the COVID year, uh, to be a, um, uh, you know, uh, an all, uh, all encompassing force, uh, offensive and defensive in the mix for Naismith player of the year and in the mix for defensive player of the year. Like that is, uh, kind of the anchor tech runs through, but uh, between uh, Lorella's size, uh, uh, Digna Strutmana's versatility as as a, a forward, and um, Nerea Hermosa also up the middle uh, and and kind of uh, in the paint as well. Tech Tech really is going to beat you in in size and uh, defense uh, first and foremost. But uh, you know, I, I, even if you are going to ESPN, I don't think that translates super well for for all the increased intention attention you know softball women's basketball men's baseball has had over the last few years uh i don't think i don't think our major sites have really caught up with that yet no unfortunately they haven't i i'm i'm hoping that they will at some point because it'll make my job a lot easier covering these teams and getting good information but of course that's what we're here for is just you know get that started and and talk to each other and make sure that we actually get the information shared that we need to i i've definitely enjoyed covering women's basketball a lot more this year than i ever have been able to um so so you talked about Kubaj on the inside. I am curious about 
how you see that particular that particular matchup, especially with Tyana Jackson for the Jayhawks on the inside. Tyana Jackson, you know, just to, to give you some additional context, I'm not sure how much you were actually able to take a look at this beforehand, but uh, you know, she is the the single season leader for blocks at the University of Kansas um, this year. Yeah. Set it that way. So, um, you know, she has had some issues at times staying out of foul trouble. Um, but when she's inside, she affects a lot of different shots, makes it really hard for people to drive into the paint. Um, and of course she's blocked a ton of shots this year. So, I mean, is, is, is that the kind of player that Kibaj typically has issues with? Cause I know that there's some players that like, they actually play at their best. We actually have one on the men's team The play at their best when they're getting challenged by players like that, that maybe they're not going to be super efficient, but they rise to the occasion. Whereas other players, they just can't handle that sort of pressure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's fair. And honestly, the first name that, that pops to mind thinking about that isn't necessarily isn't necessarily Lorella Kubai. Um I think kind of more poignantly, you're you're gonna want to look towards uh Alea Love, uh, who uh, I think is a fantastic player, uh, super athletic, um a great scorer for tech, uh, a spark plug, but somebody who um both draws and in particularly uh, commits a lot of fouls, right? Um, and, and going uh, when you're somebody who's driving into the paint a lot uh, against, uh, you know, uh, I guess a, a size mismatch, which this definitely sounds like it would be. Uh, I think you're going to want to look uh, in terms of, uh, of, of, I guess that stopper or that spark plug is is probably going to be um, bottling up uh, Alea Love, and I think that's a matchup that, again, uh, working in the paint would would probably work uh, in the favor of the you know large defensive presence that that, that probably brings. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely interested, and I, I I apologize. I thought I had Kabai's name being pronounced correctly. That's why I do these sorts of things, so I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no. Hey, um, uh, if only all the broadcasters could have, could have that same. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, you know what? I covered – I covered. Can't, I actually went and covered Kansas in person at the women's uh, Big 12 tournament for the very yeah. first time, and I was just amazed by all of the additional things that they get while they're actually covering the game that are so mm-hmm. super helpful, and yet they somehow still miss it half the time. Like, yep. full rosters with pronunciations and everything, like, listed just right there for you to look. <laughs> and it's like, and, oh, and yeah. it's, man, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, so, so I mean, looking outside, though, because while Kansas does have, you know, on the inside, Tyana Jackson, and they do have a few players in Iowana Hutz-Leonti, um, and then Chandler Prater, who can you know play inside and outside and kind of help wherever. Um, I think can- the the strength of Kansas' team has really been the perimeter. You know, so there's Holly Kersgeter, who is the leader of the team, leading scorer. Um, you know, by far the vocal leader this year that has done a whole lot. Um, Sakaya Franklin, the point guard. You know, she's she's actually done really well assists, and she's taken on a larger role as the year has kind of gone on. Um, she's much more of a slashing scorer as opposed to a three point shooter, although she can shoot the three fairly well when she needs to. Um, but then they also have two additional outside players in Julie Brousseau, who really transferred in as a super senior to be that three-point specialist, someone who can actually shoot from the perimeter, which was something that the Jayhawks were missing last year for sure. Um, and then the super senior, Anaya Thomas, or I'm sorry, regular senior, Anaya Thomas. I, I believe she can actually come back one year if she really wants to. Um, you know, she she actually went off in the fourth quarter of the Big 12 tournament game that they played scored 12 points in that quarter trying to lead a huge comeback and just wasn't able to finish it off but um you know she's a really small guard but seems to be really scrappy and get in there and uh, you know I saw her rip the ball out of a uh, like a six foot player's arms like it was nothing which is just like oh my gosh if she gets mad I don't want to be anywhere near it because she can she can fight for the ball like that but 
looking out on the perimeter, what kind of weapons does Georgia Tech have to counter those types of players? Or where do you think Georgia Tech's strength is in the matchups there? Yeah, um, I, I think uh, in, in terms of counter, uh, in terms of matching, um, you're going to want to look first and foremost uh, to Lodamai Lotnin. Uh, Lotnin, uh, and along with Kubai, not going to... Uh, not going to discount Kubai there at all, but uh, Latinen uh, is probably the, uh, if not emotional center, then the uh, the star of of the team, if you will. She can do it all. Uh, we uh, our big question this year, quite frankly, and, and last year too, um, has been depth. Um, Georgia Tech last year uh, played the year without their uh, third or fourth year of starting uh, senior overall, but you know um, three or four years of starting, depending on how you do that math. Um, point guard Kara Fletcher uh, and uh, due to injury she was out uh, expected her to come back this year uh, out again uh, it, you know so if you check the roster that's a name you wouldn't even see right you'd be like who's Kara Fletcher uh, well she's on the bench she's great great leadership great experience uh, but uh, really missing her in terms of uh, her presence at, as point guard and then um, after the first semester of school uh, Loyal McQueen uh, who also served in, in guard duties and was an outside shooter um also uh, wound up transferring to Alabama. So Lodamai um, has always been um, a big presence uh, at the perimeter. She can drive a uh, Finnish national team player. Uh, so definitely has a lot of great big game experience too. Um, so really, again, a, a versatile and athletic player. But um, if you're going to give her space anywhere inside the half court, um, yeah, she's going to take that. And and uh, a lot of times she's, she's going to be pretty good. Uh, but we have seen at times uh, tech uh, in in a way they haven't in the past, uh, never on the men's or or women's team until recently have either of them been uh, big uh, three point shooting teams. Uh, they've often worked it uh, through bigs in the middle, and it's something we've talked about on my podcast uh, in the past uh, of just how odd, how similar uh, the offensive styles have been, and then how they kind of changed at the same time. Um, but Lodemai is going to open it up um, again. Uh, Sarah Bates, uh, who's a transfer uh, by way, I've, I believe. Kansas State, uh, so former Big 12 player. Um, Sounds familiar. Who, yeah, Sarah Bates, and originally out of California, so she's been a couple places, um, but uh, uh, she's been uh, a you know a threat from three as well. Uh, again, with the volume that, that Tech has been taking between Bates, um, Lottinen, uh, and the Dina Stratmana, who's a transfer from Syracuse, that program, if you haven't heard, basically imploded after last year, lost basically everyone, et cetera, et cetera. Don't have to unbox that one. Um, but uh, Stratmana, beloved at Syracuse, uh, she got a great homecoming this year. But uh, she's somebody who can play inside, outside, uh, can shoot the three, but is also, you know, super tall, uh, super long, uh, and can uh, affect shots and passes and, and things like that. So between the three of them, uh, there are times when they take, uh, you know, uh, a lot of shots. And, and sometimes, like, they're, I think, I can't remember what the score was in the uh, is one of our non-con games, but uh, yeah, it was like a, a 74 to 40 drubbing, which 74 is a, a lot for this, uh, for this tech team, but yeah, 74, 40 over um, uh, what, well, who were they? Um, uh, Central Michigan. It might've been the season opener too, um, but just uh, a, uh, a way to, to rein in uh, some of those points. So like I said, that's probably the most outsized example of it working. Uh, but uh, in terms of just volume, you're, you're going to get a lot more than, than you would have seen in the past. But that being said, uh, that that doesn't discount that post play either. Uh, Nerea Hermosa uh, from the elbow uh, and working on the glass, uh, along with Kubai, who, uh, of course, I, I have seen her take uh, more threes this year than I have in the past, too. So maybe it's just a general offensive uh, philosophical switch. Uh, I wish I could 
pick that brain a, a little bit more of the coaching staff just to, you know, for my own, for my own sake. But uh, Tech's going to Tech's gonna take a lot of threes probably. Um, and, and if they're going to come, they're going to come from Bates, uh, Lawton, and, and then Strotman as well. For sure. All right. So, so kind of wrap up here. What's the, the main thing you're looking at in this particular matchup? Like, what do you think the X factor is going to be in this match? And like, or what's going to go the longest way to determining which of these teams is going to win? Uh, well, I, I think that's a great question because I think that's something we could have said about really the last three or four weeks uh, of tech basketball. I alluded to this definitely before we uh, hit record, but uh, just in, in general as well, Georgia tech was a, a bona fide top 15 team um, for the majority of the year. They, they knocked off number three, UConn nearly beat Louisville at home as well. Uh, beat a very good ranked Georgia team on the road. Um, you know, just, just a team that amassed quality wins. They uh, ground North Carolina into dust, uh, 50 to 38, or I think it was 50 to 38. I, I know they held North Carolina under 40 and I don't have the, the score right in front of me. Um, but uh, they were ranked at the time and they're, they're a top 10 art, uh, net ranking team right now as well. Um, so, you know, just the, these quality performances kept stacking up and then they go on the road Monday night, ESPN showcase game uh, to play uh, the NC state Wolfpack. Um, you know, one of the classes of the conference got uh, one of the best players in the country, uh, Canaan on their team um, and whatever happened there, they just haven't really been the same since uh, Georgia tech's always had great defense. It hasn't been quite as sharp. They've always rebounded and, and, uh, and played, you know, physically on the boards hasn't been quite as clean, you know, a little bit more fouls. They've uh, been a little bit more prone to turnovers. So Georgia tech uh, with, with everything firing on the right cylinders is a, is a scary defensive team uh, and one that plays, um, you know, clean, clean and effective defense. Uh, and, and if they can lock in on that, I, I think they can beat really any, any team in the country on, on the right, uh, on the right day. But if they can't, then I think, you know, you know, it, not that they can't beat anyone, but you know, it, it, it makes their job a lot harder. And lately we've seen a lot more of the latter than the former. Yeah. I mean, kind of to that point, you know, I'm looking at their schedule and, Unfortunately for for Georgia Tech fans, like out of the last the final nine games of the season, right? Um, you had three wins, but they were all against Clemson or Wake Forest, the like two worst teams of the conference. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so I mean, I think that was kind of actually I was going to ask about that earlier, and I I completely forgot about it until you mentioned um, the the other stuff going on in the schedule. Like, did something change? Is there something that they're doing differently, or they're running something differently, or was there like a player injury or something? Or have they just, for whatever reason, struggled down the stretch? Yeah, um, uh, there's been no catastrophic injuries. Like I said, the, the defense, or not the defense, the uh, rotation has been really tight even even before the injury to Fletcher at the beginning of the year or the departure of McQueen. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think it's an example of, of times where that little things add up, right? Uh, we saw Lorella Kubai uh, twist uh, or low, sustain a lower leg injury against North Carolina. She came back, but, you know, maybe maybe you're a step slower. Um, stuff, stuff like that, you know, you're, you're getting into the grind of the season. Uh, I, I know in particular, uh, the, 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 uh, there was a week at about like an eight day period where we lost to Notre Dame and FSU, uh, in back-to-back weeks and, and being somebody who's not that far removed from being in Georgia tech himself. Uh, I know that that lines up to, uh, certain classes, uh, big, you know, junior and senior, uh, level class midterms. Uh, so, you know, oh, it, it could be, <laughs> a, a lot of all that stuff. And, and then it doesn't help that uh, in the ACC tournament, uh, Kubai took a, a really hard fall um, 
really uh, dinged up her face. And, and I was pretty worried myself about, you know, concussion protocol type stuff, but I haven't heard anything about, about her sitting. And, and I don't, I mean, she's been here five years. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we've, we've lost, uh, you know, that, that anchor of, uh, of, you know, just a tremendous starter for five years. And that's the crazy thing about COVID is, you know, all, all of this longevity that we're seeing in sport and, um, and, you know, volume based numbers being shattered. Right. Like it's, it's wild to not only imagine the possibility of next year's team uh, without her, but uh, without her playing at, uh, at full power or, you know, we, you, you just gotta, there's a reason team gels. Uh, and I think uh, yeah. Georgia tech needs to to lock in. And like I said, when they've been locked in, they've, they've amassed some great wins, but it's, it was just a tough month of February. Uh, and I think that's not really what you want to see going into the tournament. You know, the, the Virginia tech on the men's side, that's exactly the kind of team you want to be, right? You want to get hot and, and ride that in. But I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they didn't come from nowhere. It's not like George. It, I'm going to. It is It is kind of funny you together. say that though, because like they actually have looked, I don't know how true it is on the women's side compared to the men's, but they actually have done like looked at some things and said that it, it may not actually be as beneficial as you might think to be the super hot team riding their way in. Like obviously UConn is the completely like the one exception i think that kind of proves the rule but for the most part yeah. if you if you expend all that energy in your conference tournament to make a big run to be able to get into the tournament there's yeah. you know there's not always a, a carryover but that being said like this is definitely like you don't want to be in a situation where you're you're limping into the tournament by any means because then there's really not a lot of expectations going in so yeah i i i think that's uh, a fair point and and i think uh shoot i i totally had something there oh yeah uh the acc tournament being an extra week before uh before the big dance tips off i think has been hopefully pretty beneficial to you know grind that tape get healthy um you know study up before you're missing classes all all that good stuff um and so, that uh, and that's probably I'm the big one hopeful. is 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 the getting healthy part because i think yeah. that's where most teams at this point of the year are dealing with nagging injuries or dealing with those sorts of things. Um, you get to the end of the season and you get to the NCAA tournament half the time. It's, it's just as important that war of attrition, trying to make sure that you're not losing key players to those nagging yeah. injuries, um, you know, or just wearing down over the course of the season. So it, it sounds like Georgia tech has a little bit of a jump in that fashion, being able to, uh, to have that entire week of rest essentially, but oh, yeah. hopefully and, I'm looking and, forward to a really good game. Uh, sorry, yeah. go, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and if there's one thing that going to the Sweet 16 last year taught us is one, you just got to win the games, it, and I think that's true of true of anyone, right? It doesn't have to be pretty. You can be down 20 points to Stephen F. Austin as long as you come back, you come back, and, and you move on to to play the next game. And I think uh, in terms of being tired at the end of the year is something every team faces, and, and you just gotta you gotta see if you can uh, you can rally and get back and hopefully win the right to. Uh, play Stanford and, and we'll we'll leave that play just kind of sitting out there because I think we both know what that matchup breaks right right like this is the game of the year I think for both of these teams because <laughs> yeah. going to that Stanford game there are literally no expectations that you're going to win that game because of how good Stanford oh, yeah. is so like this oh, yeah. is this is the one you want to win to feel really good about going into next year something you can build off of success in the in yeah. the NCAA tournament so yeah um, all right well Jake thank you for joining me any any other final thoughts you want to leave us with before we get out of here um, I mean, not that, uh, not that from the rumble seat creates a lot of, uh, Kansas specific content, unless, uh, particularly, uh, long ago football win for you guys, uh, <laughs> draws that up. But, uh, if you are interested in, uh, 
like uh, sports broadcast themes, you know, like the, the NCAA theme and stuff like that. We do have a fun little uh, bracket going on where you can uh, vote for your favorite. We're doing it round by round coming out. So may not have a lot of Kansas specific content, but uh, you can always check that out. We, we welcome all votes for, for, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff as well. For sure. Well, Jake, uh, where, where can everybody find your guys work online? Yeah, uh, that's from the rumbleseat.com. Uh, we are affiliated with Vox Media, but uh, from the rumbleseat.com is where you can find us. Uh, that's at FTRS blog on Twitter. Uh, actually, we've made a, a pretty heavy push into uh, sports analytics. Uh, that's really started first and foremost with uh, football. Uh, so I, I know Kansas big basketball school, but uh, if you do want some uh, football numbers, uh, Robert Binion, our football uh, managing editor has really been pushing hard on that and has uh, some great folks on our staff really, uh, really trying to see the game in new ways. And, and we're hopeful that in the, in the coming years that we push into uh, college baseball, softball, volleyball, and, and basketball as as well, because Georgia Tech's a volleyball school now, and that I'll hang my hat on that. But uh, yeah, so is FTR so is Kansas. Twitter, so <laughs> funny how that works. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll but, cross paths next fall. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those things. I mean, I I know someone who from TCU who's really big in the analytics. I know that there's like that's yeah. I actually come from the world of stats. That's my day job. Um, and so like I am heavy into the analytics and all of that stuff. So I'll definitely have to make sure that I check that out. And I highly recommend any of you guys that are listening, they're interested in that kind of stuff because look, Kansas football is on the upswing. So hopefully all that stuff will be super relevant for us in the, in the coming yep. years. So, well, all right, well, well <laughs> go ahead. We're, we're on the way down. So we'll see as we well, go back. Right, we'll, we'll like cross paths on the way around. <laughs> so, oh man. All right. Well, Jake, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcast, watch Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you give us a rating and a review, five stars, nice comments, it'd be absolutely fantastic. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. We are on the Anchor platform. So if you just go to anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message, you can leave us a voicemail. I'll get your voice on the show, I promise. Uh, we are part of the 1012 Podcast Network as well, covering all the teams in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, so if you go over on Twitter at TEN12Network, you can get links to all the great shows from all the great podcasters we have from across the conference covering everything that's happening right now. There's a ton of March Madness content as well. So check it all out. But uh, make sure you visit sponsor here on the podcast, Homefield Apparel. Promo code CHOCK12 gets you 15% off your entire first order. And uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Jake, thanks again for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. 
We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today.